Hello. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you will be encouraged and it builds your faith. Thanks for listening. But this morning, I felt since it was Thanksgiving week that I wanted to, and this really gripped my heart this week as I got to thinking about it. And, uh, you know, I believe it's no greater time than now than for us to begin to develop a spirit of gratitude in our lives, in our hearts. And, uh, and I believe the scripture teaches us that we should be grateful people. We should be thankful. We should have attitudes of gratitude in our life. And uh, I know every year at Thanksgiving, it kind of brings a point to that. We begin to think of the things that we're thankful for. But I want to tell you, we ought to be grateful year-round. We ought to be grateful every day and learn how to walk in with a spirit of gratefulness in our life that God can develop that as a part of our life, being thankful uh, for all that God has done in our life. But I want to talk about that for a few minutes this morning on how to live a grateful life or how to live a life that is grateful towards God. And many of you do. But I just want to encourage you this morning because uh, as I studied this, there's a passage of Scripture that gripped my heart this morning. And I just want to share that with you this morning. Philippians chapter 4, I want to read verses 6 to you this morning. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. And uh, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now that's a great verse of scripture. That's a Verses, great verse of scripture to, to bring to memory, to uh, put to memory. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. You know, years ago, I heard of a great uh, writer, author, preacher um, from Great Britain. His name is R.T. Kendall. I don't know if you've read anything by R.T. Kendall. But if you can ever pick up a book by R.T. Kendall, you better pick it up because it'll surely bless you. But R.T. Kendall tells the story of his grandmother, Lottie Maddox, who was a school teacher um, uh, years and years ago. It was his grandmother. She taught in the school system as a teacher in Springfield, Illinois. She tells the story of a, uh, a young boy that was in her class uh, that in the class almost every day he was picking on... Uh, on other children or other boys in the class. And so she called him aside one day and she said, she asked him, she said, why do you, why do you continue to disrupt the class by picking on these other boys? Well, he continued to say to her that when they would be out at recess, that these boys would gang up on him. And he knew that the only way he could ever get back to them was that when they got into class, he could pick on them as in retaliation to what they were doing to him out on the playground. And so she pulled him in and she talked to him. She said, look, she said, you're one of the most intelligent boys that I've ever met. He said, you want to know and you have a great, great future if you'll just realize that. He said, you want to know one of the ways that you could get back to these, get back at these young boys is that if you would get your education, you would grow up, be something, understand you have a bright future and understand that, that when you grow up, that you could be something and be someone who is great. And she told him, she said, I want you to know that I will pray for you and continue to pray for you. Well, 40 years later, she gets a phone call, and it's from the Illinois State House 
that says, is this Lottie Maddox that used to teach in the school system 40 years ago or many years ago? She said, yes. She said, well, there's a request for you to be at a state dinner banquet as a guest of honor. Can you come? She said, sure. I, I, what am I being honored for? She he said, well, if you'll just come. And so she went to this banquet and as she went to this banquet, she was honored. This young man whom she had had such influence on, he considered her the person that had the most influence on his life. He was the first black senator, state senator in the state house of the state of Illinois. Um, and he grew up to be a senator and he wanted to honor her and gave her a place of honor and was grateful, got up and, and, and it was a, really, a real great story of gratitude how grateful he was for the impact that she had on his life and that she had made such a difference on his life. And so it was a great story of gratitude. And all of us have those stories of gratitude that we have toward people that have influenced our lives, that have spoken into our lives. And so this morning, I want to talk a little bit about gratitude and a little bit about that. You know, the Mayo Clinic years ago came out with a study and the study said that people that are grateful live longer. <laughs> I believe that. You know, people that are grateful will live longer. The American Psychological Association also came out with the same study and said that people that are grateful live longer. Those that experience depression, self-pity, uh, demanding entitlement, those who live, and they don't live as long as those who learn how to develop a life of gratefulness and generosity and live a life of being thankful. And, uh, and, and so those studies, of course, talk about being grateful generally or thankful generally in our lives. But I believe the scripture teaches us how to be thankful to God, that there is another aspect to that in learning how to be thankful to God. Why? It has a lot to do with knowing God's ways. In other words, being thankful to God has a lot to do with understanding God's ways in our life, how God works in our lives, how God's ways make a difference in our life. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 10 tells us this, and God said of ancient Israel, he said, they have not known my ways. He said, I was angry with them. I was angry with this generation. He said, their heart was always going astray and have not known my ways. They've not known my ways. You can almost hear the sorrow in God's uh, lament as he said that in the book of Hebrews. Uh, you could almost hear the lament as God's, in other words, my people whom I've loved, who I've been good to, don't know my ways. And so, and so there are two things that God desires for us to understand. Two things that God desires for us to understand. One is to understand his word, which refers to the Bible. God all wants us to understand his word. How, how, how do you know, how well do you know your Bible? How well do you know the word of God? How well do you read the Bible? How often do you read the Bible? Do you have a daily regimen in your reading? How well do you know his word? How well do you have a reading plan uh, that you use and that you read after? And, uh, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, who's a great uh, theologian, he, uh, he has a Bible reading plan that I've used for years that I've looked at, and he got it from the Scottish minister, uh, Robert Mc, uh, Murray McShane, who developed this reading plan. You could read through the Bible in a year, 
And how well do you know your Bible? Um, Did you know the Bible is the Holy Spirit's greatest product? The Bible is the Holy Spirit's greatest product. It is what he has produced, the Holy Spirit. In other words, men who were inspired by God wrote the word of God. So the encouragement to us this morning is, how well do we know his word? How well do we know his word? How well God desires for us to understand his word. But not only does he want us to understand his word, God wants us, number two, to understand his ways. To understand his ways. The way to know anyone is by spending time with them. Is that not right? The way we get to know people is by spending time with them. By spending our lives with them. By being around them. By being around their presence and being in them. That's the same way with God. We get to know God by spending time with him. We know his ways through prayer. We know his ways by reading his word. We know his ways by spending time with him and knowing him in prayer, reading the Bible, praying, spending our time with God. We begin to learn the ways of God by reading his word and spending time in prayer. Two things about God's ways that I want to talk about this morning. Number one, God is a jealous God. Number two, he loves gratitude. God is a jealous God, and God also loves gratitude. It's amazing when we say that term jealous, it's, a, it's really a word that is kind of negative, but we have to realize how jealous God is for us, for our affection, for our tension, that he is a jealous God, that he's a God that, 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 that thinks most of us and always thinks. Jealousy is akin to God's glory. In other words, God's jealousy for us his jealousy for our affection, his jealousy for our attention, his jealousy for us to give him a credit for the work in our life because God cares for us. God watches over us. He's jealous for us. He's jealous for you because you belong to him. God wants us to be committed to him and to love his presence and his glory. I think it's time the church gets back to loving God's glory again. When we begin to love his glory again, then God, he he cares for us and tends to us. He's jealous for you. He's jealous for you. He doesn't want anyone messing with his church. And he doesn't want anyone messing with you. And God cares for you. He, He waits. He wants the best for you. He wants his best for you. He's a jealous God over you. He doesn't want to share you with the world or anyone else. You belong to him and you're his, right? We're, we're, we're God's children. We belong to God. Psalms 84, 11 says, No good thing will he withhold from those who walk upright before him. How many know God wants to bless us? God wants to care for us. He wants to love us. He wants our commitment to be for him. He wants our affections to be toward him. And God is a jealous God. He's jealous for glory. He's jealous for his glory. He's jealous for for our affection and our love. Second, he loves gratitude. God loves gratitude. God loves and wants to be thanked. Matter of fact, it's our nature to want to be thanked and appreciated, isn't it? As people, we, we want to be appreciated. We want to be thanked. Uh, it's our nature because we're, we're, because we're made in the image of God. It's also God's nature to want to be thanked and to be, and for us to show thankfulness to him. He wants us to be thankful to him. He wants to be thanked also. And you see this theme through the Old Testament and through the Psalms. 
There's a verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. It says, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God. This is the will of God. What is the will of God? The will of God concerning you. Uh, he didn't say, uh, uh, thank God for everything. The passage I read for you in Philippians says, thank God, what? In everything. In everything we're to give thanks. Because there's some things I don't thank him for. I don't thank him when I'm sick, right? I'm not thankful when, when if I get the coronavirus. I'm not thankful for that. I'm not thankful at the death of a loved one. I'm not thankful in the evil in the world. But I'm not thankful for everything, but I can be thankful in everything, right? We can be thankful in every situation of our life, every circumstance. And that's what 1 Thessalonians 5 says, in everything give thanks for this what is the will of God, the will of God concerning you, that in everything we can give thanks, in everything we can be grateful, not for everything. We don't have to be thankful for everything because some things we don't are not grateful for. They've come to harm. The thief comes to rob, steal, and destroy our lives. And so the things that, that the enemy tries to steal and take from us, we don't have to be grateful for. But I know this, that in the midst of it, I can be grateful because God is in the midst of it. And if God is with me in the midst of it, I know why I'm going through it. I can be thankful in it. I'm telling you, the church, we ought to be thankful. We're not thankful for what the pandemic is doing to our nation and the lives that it's stealing and the impact that it's having on our economy and our world and our homes and our everyday life. We're not thankful for that. But I'm telling you this, we can be thankful in the middle of it. While we're in it, we can keep our joy. We can keep our peace in the middle of it. We can be, God can, we can be grateful that God is our provider, that God is the one that looks out for us. He's faithful to us. Thank him in all circumstances. We thank him in all circumstances. We, we don't panic. We don't lose our faith. We may not understand, but we choose to be thankful anyway. In other words, which gives you more pleasure when God is doing something for us and making us happy or when, or when you are making God happy? When are we most grateful? When are we, when are, when are, which gives us more pleasure in, in, in the fact that God's doing something for us or the fact that we're pleasing God by what we do? What brings more pleasure to our lives? Is it because, he's, he, because he, he's making us happy? How do, we, how do we do that? Well, how do we please God? How, how is God pleased in our life? How do, how, do, how, does, how do we please God in our life? Well, Hebrews tells us, Hebrews eleven six tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith pleases God. He's, he, in other words, he, it, when he's not doing for us or making us happy, we can begin... We can begin to feel sorry for ourselves. We can sulk. We can be, we can be ungrateful. But here's what pleases God. What, and our prayers cannot be you know, being answered. When, it, when God hides his face from us, how do we respond? I mean, it's a term that's used in Scripture, when God hides his face, when our prayers are not being answered, or when we feel like we're not being blessed, or when we feel like everything is not going our way. How do we respond? How is it that we respond? We respond by faith. We respond by faith. 
In other words, we respond in faith. To please God, you have to respond by faith. There is an opportunity to please God. So in moments like we are living now in our lives, in moments like we are living in this hour in the midst of the pandemic, how do we respond? Is it about what God is doing for us? Or is it about us living by faith to please God? Because living by faith to please God will lead you into a place of gratitude. It'll lead you to a place of gratitude. Urge you that you get your joy in knowing that you please him. Our joy comes from knowing that we please God. I thank him in it. It means I'll be for him. I thank him in this. I don't understand why this is happening, but I'm going to thank him in the middle of it. What did Job say? Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He, in the midst of him, he wants to please God in the midst of, of, of whatever he is going through. Bad things happen, and, and, and when bad things happen, we have to show our faith in the midst of it. And when, when we can, be thankful in them. I'm thankful in moments like this because God uses our faith. He uses our faith to please him in hours when our prayers are not being answered, in hours when we don't see him working or moving in our lives. Our faith gets God's attention. Our faith gets God's attention. Our faith pleases him in an hour when things are not always working on our behalf. Have you ever been in a situation or a season where you felt like God wasn't hearing your prayers or God wasn't answering or a situation where God has not responded like you thought God should respond? Well, the way you respond to that is to continue to live by greater faith, to live by faith, to please him. To complete it, it's just as Job, as Job sat there in the midst of what was going on in his life, as he went, took one, one uh, thing after the other, one thing after the other, yet he purposed in his heart that he was going to, in the midst of it, no matter how bad it got, he was going to please God in the midst of it. And we, in the midst of our nation, what we're going through right now, have you made the determination that you're going to live by faith, that you're going to please God in the midst of this hour, pandemic, whatever we're going through, or whatever's going through your life? Have you made the decision, my desire is to please God in all, all situations, please God? Things are not going my way, but I'm going to please God. James 1, 2 says it like this, count it all joy. Some translations say count it pure joy when you fall into all kinds of trials or face many trials, as some translation says. Really, the translation is trials of many colors. How I many know trials can have different aspects to it? Sickness and all the things that people go through that he said, count it all joy. James said, count it all joy when you go through trials or diverse times. Paul said this in Romans 4, the word count in the Greek actually means to be imputed to or imputed, in other words, translated, imputed. Our faith counts for righteousness. God imputes righteousness to us because we have believed his word or believed the gospel. God will impute righteousness to us. So, so in, in the midst of it, God will impute righteousness to us. One day we'll treasure what we've gone through. 
One day we'll treasure what battle we've gone through, what we've walked through. We'll be grateful for what we have been through. How many have ever gone through something and years later you are thankful that God helped you through it and when you went through it, you were thankful that you went through it because it did something in you that changed you and motivated you to live at a greater level of faith? Huh? Anybody? Anybody been through something, you look back and say, man, I thank God I went through that thing. I treasure that moment. I count it all joy when I fall into divers temptations or walk through many trials of colors. In other words, I thank God for it because it developed faith in me. It delivered something in me. And I thank God I wouldn't have that today had I not walked through it. We can be thankful. So good for me. We said that was so, you didn't say it at the time. You're like, God, why are you killing me? Why do you hate me, God? <laughs> Y'all ever cried that at God? Do you, why do you hate my family? Why do you hate me, God? Why are you against me, God? Why are you fight, fighting against me? And the truth is, God's not fighting against you. He's fighting for you. But if you'll live by faith, he'll bring you through it. And when he brings you through it, he'll use it as a testimony of his goodness to you. You can be thankful for where you came from, what you went through, where God brought you through. And on the other side of it, there's a gratitude that comes out of you. And in that gratitude, it, 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 it allows you to live at a greater level of faith. You can believe God now for greater things because you knew he was there when you went through things that almost destroyed you and killed you, right? You ever been through something you thought was going to kill you, destroy you, wipe you out, finish you? But just in the nick of time, God brought you through it, brought you out of it. God showed up on the other side of it. Now you're thankful that God has been good to you. And there's a gratitude that comes when we learn how to live. And everything we give thanks to God, giving him thanks. And so this morning, I want to talk about God loves gratitude. Three principles. God loves gratitude. God hates ingratitude. And gratitude also must be taught. God loves gratitude with thanksgiving. How God has blessed me. I realize how God has blessed me. As I read that scripture this week, I, I realized that how much, how thankful I should be with thanksgiving. How thankful should we be? Let me ask you, what ways do you show gratitude towards God? In other words, how, how do you express to God a heart of gratitude? How do you, how do you all... All that God has done for you. Have you, listen, and we say inside of us, well, God knows how grateful I am. Yes, he does, but God loves to be told how grateful. God loves to be told how grateful. He wants to know how grateful you are. And I thought over my, my own life, I think to myself, God, how have I shown? Are you thankful? You made, made it through. And when you don't give thanks to him, and you don't give gratitude, what ways do you show gratitude to God? And, and how do you show this? Some people, they show gratefulness. They write down their blessings in journals. Some people in prayer. Some people were at night before they lay down and go to sleep. They thank God for what he's done that day. He's thank, they thank God for what he is doing. Some journal, some, some you know pray with their spouse or whatever before they go to bed and thank God. Uh, I know I know some people who who will thank God every night. Uh, they will say, "I got one friend. He says he says he tells God three things he's grateful for in that day before he goes to sleep because he wants to express and voice 
The fact that he's grateful to God every day. Showing God gratefulness. Showing God that he is grateful. I'm telling you, it's the fast track to God. It's the fast. Being thankful is a fast track to getting God's attention in our life. Whether you're a man or a woman, God loves gratitude. God loves for us to show gratitude. But also, God hates ingratitude. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Luke, chapter 17. Uh, uh, a familiar passage of scripture to you in Luke chapter 17. And I want to show you something this morning out of this passage in Luke chapter 17. And uh, let's begin reading in verse 11. And many of you are familiar with this story, the story of the 10 lepers. And it said, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Master, have mercy upon us. Verse 14, and when he saw him, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that they went and they were cleansed. They were healed. And verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God or worshiped God, fell down fell down on his face at his feet, giving him what? Giving him thanks. Giving him thanks. In other words, giving him thanks. And so Jesus answered and said, where there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? Where there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise and go your way. What do he say? Your faith has made you well. Right? So his faith has made him well. How did he please God? By his faith. His faith was exercised and his obedience, when he walked in obedience, when he left in obedience, it was an act of faith. God said, if you want to be healed, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. His gratitude towards God. His faith, as he acted in faith, God showed gratitude toward him. He returned to thank Jesus for what he did. He fell at his feet. And the scripture says, with a loud voice, he shouted with a loud voice and worshiped and glorified God. He glorified God. And as he glorified God, Jesus said, well, where are the other nine? In other words, what? Notice he noticed the ingratitude. He noticed the ingratitude of what was taking place there. In other words, he noticed the ingratitude. Matter of fact, if you look in scripture, when Jesus talks about the last days, Romans chapter one, and he talks about uh, in Romans chapter one, he talks about the description of sinful man in the middle uh, of this passage. I think it's verse 21 of Romans chapter 21. He did when he began to list all of these expressions of all the sins that would be seen that men would fall into. He says in the middle of verse 21 of chapter one, Romans, it says this, it says that men were what? They were unthankful. That was a sign of the last days. It's a sign of the last days. Second Timothy three, two, the last days, there'll be perilous times. Paul tells Timothy, he said in the middle of it, he said, there will be people that are what? Unthankful. People who don't show gratitude towards God. They don't show an expression of gratitude. Now, I want to show you something about worship for a moment. Worship is one of the highest expressions of thanksgiving. Did you know that? 
Your worship is an expression of thanksgiving towards God. Your worship is an expression of love. It's an expression of gratitude. How we worship is an expression of our gratitude. Notice the man came. He gave thanks, right? So in Luke 17, 15, with a loud voice, he glorified God. He worshiped about thanksgiving, expressing gratitude, and love was expressed. Love is always expressed. When we feel gratitude and love towards something, we always express it, right? When you were dating your significant other, your wife or your husband, when you were dating them, you began to express love, you'd hold her hand, that's, a, that's an expression of love, is that not right? So you begin to express love. When we're worshiping, worship is also an expression of gratitude towards God. But it's an expression of gratitude, but not only gratitude, it's also an expression of love toward God. We're expressing our love for God by being gratitude, by being thankful, by glorifying him in our worship. I'm telling you, if the church would ever get this revelation back of gratitude towards God, worship would be a lot different in his house. Huh? If we ever get, if we ever get, ever have a true knowledge of what God really has done for you, your attitude toward worship would change. The Old Testament had 11 Hebrew words that expressed gratitude or expressed worship or, or praise. And very many of the Hebrew words for praise or worship is connected to thanksgiving. To, to thanksgiving. Worship is connected to our thanksgiving. Worship is connected to our thing. Actually, there were 11 of them. There are seven that were dominant that you see mostly of, and it's interesting, and I'm going to give them to you. There's the word tada. Tada means a thankful choir. That's what it means, a thankful choir. Tada is the Hebrew word, which means a thankful choir. T-O-D-A-H, tada, a thankful choir. There is barak. B-A-R-A-K, which means to bow down with thanksgiving. There's Tehillah, which means to a song of thanksgiving. It means a song of thanksgiving. Tehillah. Now, don't confuse that with tequila, <laughs> because some folks, if you remember before Christ, you probably had tequila and probably had a song, but not a song of thanksgiving. Tehillah, the song of thanksgiving. There's halah, to give thanks by being clamorously foolish. It's where we get the word hallelujah. It means to dance around and clam around foolishly. It means to, that's what it means, halah, to worship. Yada means to give thanks with extended hands. To yada, to give thanks with extended hand. Zamar, Z-A-M-A-R, to give thanks with, the, with musical instruments. Shabbat, which means to give thanks in a loud tone or with a shout to thanksgiving, experiencing. Listen, all of these are words of expression of thanksgiving. In other words, worship is connected to thanksgiving. Worship is connected to our thanksgiving and our expression of thanksgiving. If you turn to Psalms 100, I'm going to show you something here this morning. Psalms 100. Psalms 100, make a joyful, joyful shout unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing, knowing that the Lord, he is God, it is he who has made us, 
and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Hallelujah. That's a wonderful opening psalm of thanksgiving right there. But I want you to see verse 4. It said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. Right? To enter his gates with thanksgiving, that's todah. Todah means a thankful choir. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. It's as though a thankful choir would give thanks. Enter his courts with praise. That's tehillah, which means a song of praise. It says, into his courts with praise and be thankful to him and bless his name. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Means to extend your hands to him. Be thankful to him. In other words, extend our hands to him. And then it says, for the Lord is good, his mercy, there's forever. His truth is from one generation to another generation. His mercy is everlasting. And, and Barak means to bow down with thanksgiving. In other words, four of those words are used in those expressions and through worship and knowing him through worship to express him through in worship and through worship to express him. Then there's the doctrine of gratitude. Our gratitude has to be taught. How does God teach us gratitude? He teaches us gratitude through sanctification. He teaches us gratitude through sanctification. Let me read 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 to you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Okay. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should that you should abstain from sexual immorality. This is the will of God, your sanctification. God uses sanctification in our life. What is sanctification? It's a process in which God uses to make us holy. There is the, the process of sanctification. We become, we learn to be grateful to God through that process of sanctification. When he begins to sanctify our lives, when he begins to work uh, through our lives. How many are thankful this morning for your salvation? Your salvation was no accident. That we're thankful for our salvation. The Christian person who is, uh, that we're very thankful that God has, has, has given us our salvation. Don't forget that we belong to him and it's through that gratitude or that doctrine of sanctification that he teaches us that through the struggle of our Christian life, through sanctification, that he purifies us. We can be grateful for what he does in us while he's purifying our lives. In other words, how does God use sanctification? Sometimes he uses sanctification in the sense that God chastens us or he disciplines us. Sometimes the disciplining of our lives brings sanctification. We can be grateful for how he disciplines us or how he brings us to a place of gratitude or brings us to a place of where we're thankful for him and all that he has done for us. I want to close with Psalms 102. Celine, if you'll come this morning. Psalms 102, 107. Psalms 107 and verse 22 this morning. Psalms 107 and verse 22. It says, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. You know, this is the scripture that was used by by the pilgrims that came. And when they gathered together to give God thanks for all that he did, because they understood that in order to be where they were, there were great sacrifices that were made in order for them to be able to 
come to the new world, come to America, come and set up. There was great sacrifices. There were people who were lost. There were uh, sacrifices that were made. And now they came before God and with thanksgiving, and they said, let us sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. In other words, they were rejoicing for all that God had done. We can be thankful today. We can be grateful today. We can express our gratitude to God by living by faith, by walking out in faith. Stand with me if you would this morning. R.T. Kendall said it like this. He said, we can be grateful because God chose Israel, but America chose God. And we have to remind America that we chose God, that we chose him. We, the birth of this nation was birthed because of men and women who chose God, who wanted to worship him, express worship to him. And I don't know about you this morning, but as I begin to think about all that the Lord has done for me, we were all, you know, we all had an infectious disease. It was called sin. We all were lepers. We all were lepers until he touched our lives. And have you recently, have you recently let him know how thankful you are for your salvation and thankful you are for what he's done in your life? Have you expressed, have you expressed to him great, have you come into the house of the Lord with thankfulness and gratefulness in your heart? Have you worshiped him, thanked him for an expression of gratitude and love and express for what he has done for your life? You know, I sometimes, I have received people would say, well, that person is just too expressive in worship, or they're just too expressive in worship. And my response to, to people that criticize that all the time is that, well, maybe you haven't been delivered from what they've been delivered from. Maybe, maybe what God has done for them has touched them to a greater level than what it's touched you. I don't ever want to forget or be ungrateful for the salvation that Jesus has brought into our lives, into him this morning. So I want to invite you down to this altar this morning. And I want you to come down and, I'll down and I want us to worship a moment in Thanksgiving. Come with your family if you can. Come with those that are with you. Thank you for joining us for River Valley Community Church's podcast. If you feel led to give, you can click on the donation link in the description or visit our website at rivervalleymadison.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.